Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of The Rant. Today is Thursday, December 17th, and uh, we're coming off a nice little victory. Purdue uh, in Mackey last night played Ohio State, the old Buckeyes. Uh, 20th ranked Buckeyes, actually. I keep forgetting that, like, that with with the whole complications of COVID and everything, like, we still have rankings. And it's like, because there's no crowd at the games... I forget that, like, you know, that was an upset. That was a ranked team that Purdue just beat. So, like, I mean, obviously that's only makes only makes it even better. But, like, I mean, that's a big win. <laughs> yeah, and, I mean, good way to start off conference play, obviously, as we, well, with the exception of Notre Dame, as we enter a, a slate of uh, Big Ten games. Always nice to start off with a win, especially uh, against a team that, you know, both Vegas and everybody had you as a slight dog too, so. Yeah, I mean, like, which makes sense. If you watch the first couple of games of the season, you, oh, it yeah. makes sense. I mean, Ohio State was ranked. Purdue was four and two, lost to two beatable teams. I mean, I mean, that probably. I mean, that's the way it should have been. But I, I mean, Purdue last night was like watching it. It it was like the first game where Purdue didn't completely shoot themselves in the foot at any point in the game. They kind of controlled throughout the most part of that game, which was nice to see. Yeah, few few general things just before we dive into the, uh, the stats and the individual performances. Obviously, Ohio State missing its best yeah, two players. we should definitely address let's, that. Let's ca- so, so we're not going to talk too much about Ohio State. Like, we understand, you know, that's not that's not yeah. that's not the product that that's not the Ohio State that you'll see the whole season, right? Like Purdue, yeah. we talked right before we started this. Purdue plays Ohio State again later in January. That will be a very different game. Hopefully, Absolutely. you know, hopefully Purdue makes strides forward, but Ohio State's going to be a lot better in that January game. I mean, they missed their two two of their starting guards. Yeah, which coincidentally on Ohio State is also like they're a guard heavy team. Mm-hmm. So obviously, this kind of applies to everything, but also you know a nice little bit of good news for Purdue. Uh, no matter how he played or didn't play, at least Jaden Ivey was back on the court, Yeah, which is always nice to see. You know, you hate to see young guys missing time, Yeah, you know, especially at the er- uh, early in the season. Well, especially guys like him, you know, who are like very exciting to watch. We saw a very, you know, quick glimpse of it last night, that really nice Eurostep. Or, well, let me say the steal into the Eurostep was really nice. You know, um, it's nice to see a player that, can finish on transition in transition like that uh, and do it with a little flair. That was nice. It doesn't hurt. But, um, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't really know where to begin because as I said, it was kind of like the first really complete game we saw from Purdue. I mean, like, yeah, you can nitpick, you can, you can point out the turnovers, you can point out stuff like that. But overall, I, I think you can be pretty happy with the game, especially against, a conference opponent it doesn't matter who you're playing in the big yeah. 10 if you can put up a game like that you got to be pretty happy and especially when it comes against 20 ohio state because again even though they were missing guards that that makes that a game that you really have to take advantage of of course and and you know as as uh my coaches will always tell me like no matter what i mean the win is the win right mm-hmm. yeah. nobody's gonna care come you know come standing season come ranking season like oh well they were missing their two yeah well that's tough you know what i mean like i'm not trying to be like mean but yeah it's tough you got to deal with that right especially in times of covid you know we know in, in every different sport professional or collegiate like 
you've had to deal with people missing for various reasons, whether it's they're getting injured because they haven't had enough preparation time because of COVID or they have COVID. Like that's just something that's the reality of yeah of the situation yeah. right now. So And it's gonna happen and, down the road. I mean and it's it, going to. It sounds like kind of ruthless to say it, but like you gotta take advantage of a weekend opponent, you oh, know yeah. put the dagger and take take the points and, and leave and you know prepare yourself for the next one. Uh start with some some overview. Uh, 47% from the floor, which is, I mean, it's it was a defensive game. You know, Ohio State shot 38%. Mm -hmm. So 47% is more than acceptable. And, like, people are going to be like, oh, like, well, you want to get to 50. It's like, yeah, if you hit, like, one more field goal, you get to 50. Like, that's just the way well, it is, Well, and it's right? also, like, when you're taking 23s a game like Purdue did, yeah, I mean, that's exactly. going to hurt your field goal percentage. I mean, 14 of their misses. Also, right? Yeah, 14 of their 18 misses or whatever were... I can't do math. That's not correct. But you get my point. 14 of their like 27 misses were threes. So you can't yeah. be really that mad about the field goal percentage. The three percentage, because they're a three-point shooting team, you'd like to be higher. But I wanna I wanna take a moment and talk about the free throw shooting percentage because Yep. Because you look there. at it and it's 80 85% about on the game. 13 total free throws attempted. They only missed two. And it was late in the game and i want to say it was when they were intentionally fouling actually that purdue missed the free throw so they were perfect in the line for the majority of the game yep. and you look in particular at travion williams four or four from three or from the free throw line that to me is like i mean that's beautiful because, that's the best thing of this game yeah, because like listen obviously not sustainable obviously i don't expect travion to go perfect in the line every game no. but if he can if he can show signs that he's going to be reliable at least at the very least from the free throw line, that is a scary thought. Yeah. And I think the standard that, that everybody's shooting for is, like, if you could get even close to 70%, oh. like 66, 68%. I'll be content. Like, I'll be content. I'll be so happy with that. Mm -hmm. Like, just because it's, you know, it's it at least prevents teams from, like, let's say in the – like, I don't see this happening in the regular season, mm -hmm. but, like, in the Big Ten tournament, you know, further down the line, it just prevents the, like, blatant – hack a shacking you know what i mean like we're just gonna club this dude at the top of the key and make him go to the line mm -hmm. instead of having somebody take a three or having him take a post move against you know yeah. another guy so yeah that was really encouraging the other thing we're gonna talk about travion um a modern big man right you oh, gotta yeah. have more than just than post moves and if he can add like a passing element to his game well i mean like did you watch it? Against, I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, like we saw against Ohio State, if if, every, if that becomes consistent, that can even make up for his lack of three points. Well, range. here's the thing. Here's the thing. Travion's always been a very good passer, right? He always has kind of like the knack for that over the over the head, over the shoulder pass, like down low to the other big man. He's done that so many times. But the thing is, there are, pr prior to this season, there are a lot of games where he'll do that two or three times. But he'll also do it two or three times, and it'll end in, like, you know, the ball will bounce out of bounds, or someone will deflect it, and it'll get intercepted. Something like that, right? We saw that a bunch miss. last night, where he, he, I noticed, it seemed like he was taking his time more than he usually does, right? Waiting for the the four, which a lot of the cases last night was Gillis when he was on the floor. Um, he would wait until he got the full double, and then he would just flick it over his shoulder to Gillis, who's cutting to the basket, right? That's like perfect. That's very Draymond Green-esque. Like his stat line last night 
I looked at it that's and a I, I was Green like, that's a Draymond line. Green stat line, right? 16 points, nine boards, eight assists. And a lot of the assists were just like, I'm getting doubled. Let me just flip it off to the guy, other guy down low, or let me just kick it out to a shooter. Right. And that, I mean, if, if Travion, obviously eight assists per night probably isn't realistic, but if he can do three, four assists per night, in addition to putting up, you know, 15 to 20 points and almost 10 boards, that's a dangerous combination. And we saw it again last night. I mean, he didn't have 30 like he had. He didn't have 30 like he had the game before, but I mean, 16 points and he shot, he didn't shoot very well for a big man. So you expect that number to be a little higher in the future. uh, the The points at least. I mean, again, him coming off the bench is, is proving to be a, a you know a good strategy yeah. just in the two games that he's done so. I, I think also, you know, and, and we've we've harped on him a little bit for this in the past. Everyone's going to be like, oh, he had three fouls in just 27 mm. minutes. It's like, yeah, but, you know, if even if he plays, let's say, it's a game where you have to play him just wire to wire and he plays like 38 minutes and he's like, he's teetering between four and five fouls. But Travion is the kind of guy who, like, he's always going to be teetering on the edge of fouling out. And as long as he doesn't foul out, I don't care how close he yeah, gets. Yeah, obviously. Because he's too valuable to not have on the floor. I mean, so as, yeah, if he's not on the floor, that, that offense is completely different yeah. beast. Yeah, and so it's like, I understand that, like, he is 6'9", right? And he has to go against people who are bigger than him. I don't care if he's getting 4.999 fouls a game. I, that. <laughs> as long as it's not five, I don't care. Yeah. Right? Uh, I mean, another thing that I, I do like looking at from this game, I mean, well, I, I mentioned it a minute ago, actually. I love Mason Gillis. His role in this team isn't huge right now, but him starting gives this team a different look, and I like it. I mean, you look at the stats and you think, well, I mean, he didn't really do much, right? Six points, no boards, one assist. But he, even though he only had one steal, one block, he plays good defense, right? He's kind of like a combo forward, right? Where he's, he's like 6'8", but he doesn't really seem like it. So he can guard the bigger men, but he can, you know, st- guard guards and wings a little bit too. But like, again, like I mentioned, he made the cuts to the basket when he needed to. He recognized open lanes. He recognized the double teams that they were putting on Travion. And like, he's it sounds cliche but he's kind of one of those players that painter always gets where they're just like gritty and they they're totally cool with just being like i'm gonna be the guy that you know picks up the slack in certain areas so i really like him i don't know if i don't see him starting the rest of the season but i really do like his role on the team right now and i think to have a more mobile guy when Edie's on the floor Mm -hmm. is necessary it's also like I don't see Edie playing as much against teams that are going to run like a lot of pick and roll, just because like if you want to switch on pick and roll, like that's kind of sketchy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I definitely see like also when Jaden Ivy gets healthy, like we know that he's going to play a lot more than nine minutes a game. Like mm-hmm. let's not kid ourselves. Yeah. Um, especially considering like. Purdue is kind of lacking that like go and get five or six assists a game without a lot of turnovers like playmaking slashing kind of guard who can mm-hmm. also shoot a little bit kind of like almost like obviously not what Carson was in his later years like that's unrealistic to expect at the beginning but kind of like what like what a Carson was in his earlier yeah, years to fill that like, sort of a dude role. was just like a firecracker mm-hmm. right spark plug 
Yeah, exactly. He's got, he's got that spark plug medal, the spark plug badge in 2K. Yeah. And I think, you know, going back to the three-point shooting, like, obviously, Sasha, not his night, but mm-hmm. I want the team taking 23s a night. Like, yeah, and, I'm and very okay with we that. We talked about last time, the last game, Sasha only had, I think he, I can't remember the exact number. I want to say it was five, five threes attempted, maybe, yeah. and he was like one for five. Right, he took seven. Which, like, again, I'm totally fine that's with what Sasha. Want, that's what because I guess want, what? Yeah. He's not going to shoot two for seven every game, right? He, no. He's going to have a game where he goes four for seven. He's going to have a game where he goes five and seven, right? Yeah. So, like, I'm totally fine with him taking that many threes. And, and those are the only field goals he's attempting. Yeah, like, That's exactly. what I want. <laughs> like, I want that dude... Again, I'm saying this. Ryan Klein, in his last year, when Purdue had a really good season, was shooting 7.4 threes a night. Mm-hmm. and like not much else like yeah. that's what he was doing mm-hmm. he was sitting on the corner and shooting threes well and it's like and you know what that's what basketball is and it's like if you have if you have sasha in particular if you have him taking twos it's like you're just you're not maximizing the potential number of points that you can get from it right like you you're not taking util- twos outside the not, paint anyways. you're not utilizing his skill set in the most yeah advantageous way possible right so like again he was two of seven from the field and all of them were threes which is what which i want is fine <laughs> i will i will also like to point out eric hunter right he started he's starting to get back into things now his third game back he listen he he shot six of 11 uh which is, fine. Which is again which is fine didn't really have a lot of boards or assists 15 points overall but i will say he had like a stretch of like five or seven points where he scored five or i think it was seven seven straight points for purdue and like he looked back like he looked good yeah right he like he made a spot spot up three in a guy's face where he you know pass faked guy didn't bite he still shot anyway knocked it down and then he took another i think the very next play he took it down the court and kind of just popped a mid-range jumper on a guy i mean he looks confident he looks comfortable and i think last year because it was him and no gel Right, there was still kind of like a question mark on who's who's the guy that's gonna get the ball, who's the guy that's gonna be, you know, the primary guard at least. So he last year he scored when he needed to, but it didn't seem like he was looking for his shot or like looking to score. But just in that few minutes stretch last night, he looks confident, like you know, the guy that you're going to go to with the ball. You know what I mean? The the the, the only thing I, I I I think he absolutely is a guy that needs to be on the floor the majority of the minutes of the game. I mean, game. he played 32 no minutes in his third yeah, game. Yeah, which is which is second most on the team last night behind yeah. Sasha. And and the one thing I, I I wonder is um is do I see him as like the bring the ball up the floor, you know, primary ball handler? I Again, when Jaden gets back to, you know, health and, and stuff like that. Or do I see him as an off-ball guy? Because no. all the skills we're talking about, like, especially because he's also, like, a decent defender, you kind of want him almost as that, like, you know, score and defense kind of two-guard, a little bit off-ball. Yeah. Almost kind of like how, like, a Bradley Beal plays in the NBA, you know, where he's not bringing the ball up the floor. He can break a guy down if he really has to, but he's not having the ball in his hands for, like, long, long stretches of time. Because again, the turnovers are going to start to be an issue. Yeah. So as so, you play better and better teams, are you saying that you think he's better? Like he'd be better off ball? I think I think he's better, not as like a true off ball because I think yeah. Like, 
Again, that's not using his full abilities either. But I definitely think as like almost like a secondary ball. Like I said, like, kind of like how Bradley Beal plays in the NBA. Yeah. Not Clay Thompson, but like more like a Bradley Beal. Yeah, because I was going to say, I don't fully agree with that. Like I feel like it should be like 60-40. He has ball in his hands, right? Because he's one of those guys where he he can dribble well, right? He 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 Even though he had like four turnovers right last night. He is a very smart player. Like he doesn't, he does. He's not. His turnovers aren't him getting his his pocket picked, right? It's not him just like yeah. letting the ball getting stripped. Get, yeah. yeah, exactly. It's like oh, I you know accidentally threw the ball, stuff like that. But I think he's the guy that you want with the ball in your in his hands because he he's not he doesn't take silly risks if if, you, if that makes sense. It's hard to explain when I just said he had four turnovers last night, but like. <laughs> He, I don't know. He doesn't force things uh, when he's dribbling, which I like. And he's he definitely he maintains like a certain tempo, right? Like he doesn't rush stuff like that. So that's why I think he should stay having the ball in his hand. I will agree with you in that like he's not necessarily like a shot creator, right? Like he's not going to bust out like six crossover moves and like you know a heavy and then and then pull and, like up. break a dude's ankle. He's not yeah, that, exactly. right? But, like, I say he's the guy with the ball in his hands when it's the lineup of, like, him and Stefanovic as the guards and, and Newman yes. in, in there as well, right? But when it's, like, Eric Hunter and Jay Ivey or Eric Hunter and Isaiah, Eric Hunter, Ethan Morton, I think those – I think those guys – actually, I exclude Isaiah Thompson from that. Isaiah Thompson is a true off-ball, off-ball player in my opinion, right? But if it's him and Ivy or him and Ethan Morton – I say he goes off ball because yeah. he the other I'd say Ethan Morton's a better passer, right? So you want the ball in his hands because he will facilitate better than anybody on the team. Right. Jaden Ivey, I want the ball in his hands because he is that guy that's like, you know what, I'm just gonna burn this guy, or I'm gonna hezzy, you know, crossover, burn this guy. Stuff like that, right? Yeah. That's where I want him off the ball. But for the most part, I think he should be the ball handler, the guy bringing the ball up. Yeah, I, I mean, it, and I don't think this is going to be the final. Oh, absolutely! Uh, I mean, we've already had because I think we've already had eight different Jayden, starters this season. In yeah, I also seven think that Jaden Ivey is just too good to to keep on the bench. Um, and I think that I, Isaiah Thompson's role is you're gonna you're gonna see it get smaller as uh, Morton and Ivy kind of feel into things. I just think that you know they're. This is gonna sound like really bad, but like I just feel like their raw ability is just higher. Well, and Isaiah Thompson, it'll be t- it'll be tough because the difference is. It's like, what's the justification well, to put him I'm on just the floor? Gonna, you know? like, him and his brother, I hate doing the comparison, right? Him and his brother. His brother was 5'11", so he's shorter than Isaiah. Isaiah's, I think, six foot, six one, something like that. But the thing with PJ is PJ had, like, I don't remember the exact stat or where he falls exactly on the list, but he has, like, the highest assist-to-turnover ratio in school history or something like that. It's an absurdly high ratio. He never turned the ball over. He's smart. And he was a knockdown shooter, and he was clutch, right? PJ proved that so he earned the starting role and he kept it right isaiah is everybody knew isaiah was a like a more of a pure score as opposed to like a passing guy or or you know the possession guy so isaiah thompson can still go out there and shoot shoot well and, and we've seen that right but he's not like a ball handler. So his role off the bench is almost exclusively a score. So I think he'll still get like a solid chunk of minutes, right? Per game, he'll get like 10 minutes a game, something like that. But he will most likely be the second guard off the bench. You know what I mean? 
if even that. I think it's 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 also you know we talk about PJ Thompson and those older Purdue teams. The the crunch at 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 point guard was until like Carson came and it was like okay this is just Carson's job. Mm-hmm. Like, you're just gonna have that. But like prior to that, we didn't have that kind of crunch that we do now. Yeah. Because we have a couple of guys that are like, well, you're kind of a two, but also a three maybe in college. And then we have a bunch of guys who are like, well, maybe you're a one or a two. And then we have a couple of dudes like, no, you're a ball handler. Like, that's mm-hmm. it. So it's, I mean, I do think I envy and don't envy Painter's job in the next. I mean, couple he's, weeks he's to flush out, with but... he's flush with a bunch of yeah, exactly. good yeah. guards that are, are you know, yeah, exactly. all solid enough that they could get playing time. You know, it is it is like a, it's tough a good decision. problem to have. Exactly. It is. Um, I will say you mentioned Jaden Ivey. You think he will start eventually. I agree with you. I think. It'll be later than you think, though. But I do think it'll have a similar trajectory as like Carson. Because, again, you remember back my freshman year, which was also Carson's freshman year. Carson started off the bench. He was the sixth man. He was the first guy off the bench. And he was, I mean, he was electric. He, he was an energizer he, bunny. He, that was he his was, thing. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Right. And by the end of the season, he earned himself the starting starting job. Right. I think it'll, it'll Jaden Ivey's role on the team will be very similar in that he will be an energizer bunny because his athleticism and because of his kind of like flair. I hate using that word because it makes it seem like it's a bad thing, but, but he has, you know, the type of basketball people like watching, right? He dunks. He does. Like you saw last night, the really nice Euro step. He's got bounce. So I think he will start eventually. I just, I think it'll be later in the season because if you look at that starting three of guards, right? Newman, Hunter and Stefanovic. I mean, it's going to be pretty hard for him to crack that top rotation i think i think i I think we'll we'll have to see what happens i think newman has newman's been the most consistent starter so far right like he i think he's firmly placed himself in the starting lineup because i mean he was efficient last night he had 10 points on only six shots um he had seven boards last night so he can do he can do everything out of that is stefanovich yeah, I think personally. I think if there's anyone that's going to get swapped out for Ivy, it'll be Stefanovic, and they'll play like a three guard rotation by the end of the yeah. season. But I still think Stefanovic had has a really long leash because he is that like prototypical like, pure floor, shooter, yeah. right? That yeah. you need on the floor, where no one else on the team really fits that fits that mold. But I mean, again, a seven point victory at home, first conference game against oh, Ohio yeah. State is definitely a is a good sign and. Again, you can nitpick. You can point at the turnovers, 16 turnovers. Obviously, you want that to come down. But against a conference opponent and a good conference opponent at that who's well-coached, I think Chris Holtman is like a very underrated coach in the country. I think you can live with that. I think you can live with the 16 16 turnovers. And they had a lot of fouls, but we we talked about it last night, or like we we mentioned it briefly. 19 fouls is a lot, but the good thing is they were pretty evenly spread out amongst the team. So, you know, you weren't really concerned about, yeah. uh, you know, a bunch of players fouling out, which was nice. And and to be honest, like, this is going to sound really callous. The only dudes that I really care if they get a ton of fouls is men. Travion and Edie. Yeah. Because they're the least replaceable. Yeah. And, 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 um, and also, it. like, if my guard is getting five fouls, like, I'm kind of wondering. But, like we said, I mean, you can live with that a little bit more yeah. because we have there's so many exactly. guards that you feel a little bit more comfortable in their ability well, it's, it's to. It's also sometimes sometimes if the other team has like one really good ball handler, you just tell a guy like, "Hey, get in this dude's face. I don't really care if you foul mm. him a couple times. Like, just throw him off his rhythm." And teams would do this to Carson. Like, you'd see teams 
guards were racking up three fouls in 14 minutes because it was just, you know, somebody's telling him, like, hey, go mess up Carson a little bit. And <laughs> there are going to be other guards in the country where I'm sure, I mean, Painter will never say this publicly, but in the locker room, it's like, hey, like, let's I get mean, I feel like that's just hand check, hand check him a couple times. You know what I mean? I like, feel like that's just like, that's just that's the just way basketball play. I mean, it's yeah. like one of those unwritten rules. It's like, we don't, we're never going to come out and address it, but everybody knows that it everybody happens. Everybody knows what Everybody yeah. knows it happens. I mean, that's just strategy. You uh, see it in college and you see it in the NBA all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Um, and next game, like you said, one more non-conference game against Purdue or against Notre, Notre Dame. Dame. Uh, that's Saturday afternoon game, Crossroads Classic. Um, let's not go zero three against the uh, ACC. Uh, <laughs> yeah, let's. <laughs> I mean, try and try and get one back in the win column. I mean, Notre Dame's always a good a good team, even though well they're coached. not ranked. Mike Bray is a great coach. They're always well coached. They always play hard. They always like. They're always competitive in any game. I mean, they lost last night to Duke by ten. Um, Duke, but they did beat Kentucky ranks. who, I mean, we don't know what Kentucky is cause they always kind of have a slow start to the season. They beat Kentucky by one. So they're a good team. I mean, they Kentucky. also played Ohio state. They lost by five. They, they, I mean, they've played, they've played an absurd schedule for, so far. Notre Dame has already played, uh, Michigan state, Ohio state, Kentucky and Duke. And then they, uh, they play Virginia in about a week or just over a week and so this virginia is not your last year's virginia no i mean this virginia ladies and gentlemen <laughs> still yeah they're they're much much improved but again it's going to be a tough game there's no such thing as an easy game against uh against a power five team and uh i mean obviously the goal is to win as many as possible so purdue definitely needs to take this one and continue the momentum into the the rest of the well that. yeah the the you know you you go straight into the big ten Big Ten Conference season after that, so you you want to carry a two-game win streak and against Iowa. I mean, next Tuesday. Day, day, day before Christmas Eve, circle that one on your calendars. You get Travion and Luke Garza going Well, two, two days. Two days before Christmas, but, but yeah, Christmas that'll Eve, be, I, I mean, yeah. that'll be a great, great game to watch, and and, and you know. Bust out the popcorn for that one. <laughs> uh, two big men going at it in the paint for 40 minutes it'll be fun it'll be a good one so yeah purdue big game against notre dame on saturday we'll have the uh we'll have a, a recap of it uh you know shortly afterwards and uh hopefully hopefully we'll be talking about good news again but um yeah yeah we'll uh, Gotta get a win against the acc yeah we're gonna we'll, we'll wrap up this uh this recap here and uh we'll catch you in the next episode see ya